0: You're listening to Time in the Word. History reflects the suffering of the Jewish people and how they may perceive their choosing as a burden. But because they've been privileged with being his chosen people, they are placed squarely in the center of history and prophecy. Israel is no larger than the state of New Jersey and the Jewish people comprise no more than half of 1% of the world's population. How is it then that they play such a large role in world events with global coverage of its daily activities? We must turn to the scriptures to understand what is happening in the world today and what will take place in the future. The best place to start is by looking at the past, when God first called Israel to be his chosen people. As God ministers to you through this series of studies, and as you experience God's love and grace in your own life, share these podcasts with others so that they too may be blessed by God's word and his amazing grace. Let us listen as Dr. Gonzalez continues his study on end times prophecy.
1: Father, we thank you for this time. We pray that as we study your word, you would open up our hearts and our minds and allow us to see the nuggets of truth that you have for us there. We give you all the praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, uh, if you have been following this series, you know that uh, we started a Bible prophecy series two weeks ago. We've The first two things we discussed because we needed to take care of some preliminary um, studies before we actually get into the study of prophecy, we we answered the question as to why it is important for Christians to study prophecy. And then last week uh, we we uh, looked at the second coming of Christ in terms of, of, of how we are certain that the second coming is going to occur. Today we're actually going to start getting into the lesson. We're going to start looking at Bible prophecy. Today we're going to look at Israel and we're gonna understand the role Israel plays in history so we're gonna be looking at the past the present and the future of Israel now uh, we know from the Old Testament that God has chosen the Jewish people uh, to be his people he uh, in his sovereign uh, uh, decree he out of uh, uh, his own will decided that that the Israelites were going to be his chosen people and uh, a lot of people, I suppose, think that that the, uh, it, it seems unfair that God would select a particular people to be his people and that uh, surely having be, been chosen by God to be the chosen people brings certain benefits. And I suppose that is true. But there's also a tremendous cost to being the chosen people. After all, if you think of the animosity that it has created around the world for centuries and centuries, Uh, the Jewish people have been perhaps, over history, uh, one of the most persecuted groups of people ever, and that much of that comes because of the simple fact that they have been chosen by God. There are those people and there are those nations and regions of the world that despise the Jews if for no other reason but be, than because they are God's chosen people. So being chosen, although it carries its benefits, it also has a tremendous cost now let's look at a, a couple of uh, interesting facts about israel itself do you realize that israel is no larger than the state of new jersey now if you've recently looked at a, at a at a u.s map you know that the state of new jersey is by far one of the smallest states in the union that's about the size of israel and when you think of the jewish people they comprise listen in comparison to the world population or in relation to the world population Jewish people comprise about half of one percent of the world population so geographically Israel today is a very small country and in terms of numbers population there are a very small group of people in relation to to the entire population of of planet Earth um, yet in spite of the fact that they are a small country, and in spite of the fact that they are uh, small in numbers, in terms, of pop- in terms of population, how is it then that they play such a prominent wor- uh, uh, role in world history? Both in the past and in the future and as we're going to study they play a prominent role as well I mean in past and present they're going to play a prominent role in the future as well so we're going to do uh, what we're going to do in this series here in this lesson today and we won't be able to finish this today we're going to look at Israel's past it is absolutely imperative that we understand Israel's past if we're going to get a good understanding of biblical prophecy because many of the covenants that God made with Israel play a significant role in biblical prophecy. If we don't have a good understanding of God's dealings with Israel in the past, if we don't understand the covenants that God, the promises that God made with Israel, then we will not have an accurate picture or a correct interpretation of future events. Let me just read you a quote by one prophecy expert. He says, The covenants contained in the scriptures are of primary importance to the interpreter of the word and to the student of Bible prophecy. God's prophetic program is determined and prescribed by these covenants and our interpretation of of, uh, prophecy is determined and limited by uh, our interpretation of those things. These covenants must be studied diligently as A basis for understanding biblical prophecy. So it's absolute, listen. In fact, I would encourage you, if you're able to get yourself a paper and pen, get it, because you want to you write down some notes. This is absolutely essential to understanding biblical prophecy. The first covenant we want to look at, and perhaps the most important, because the other covenants we're going to look at essentially are an amplification or an extension of this first covenant we're going to look at. But the first covenant we're going to discuss is the Abrahamic covenant. Now if you have the scriptures with you, and you can turn to Genesis chapter 12. I want to read a few verses here uh, and, and of, of the, concerning the Abrahamic Covenant. In, in, in Genesis chapter 12, in verses 1 through 3, this is what it says. The Lord had said to Abram, Leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the, peoples on, on, all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Now, it is very important that we understand this covenant. I want to read a little bit more in chapter 13, in verses 14 through 17. This is what the Word of God says. The Lord said to Abram, after Lot had parted from him, lift up your eyes from where you are, and look north and south, east and west. All the land that you see, I will give to you and your offspring forever. I will make your offspring like the dust of the earth, so that if anyone... Could count the dust, then your offspring could be counted. Go, walk through the length and breadth of the land, for I am giving it to you. And then there's one, one more passage I want to read because it's all related to the Abrahamic covenant, and that's in chapter 15. Next chapter, uh, starting in verse one. Listen to what it says. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. But Abram said, O sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless? And the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, You have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to Abram, This man will not be your heir, but a son coming from your own body will be your heir. He took him outside and said look up at the heavens and count the stars if indeed you can count them Then he said to him so shall your offspring be Abram believed the Lord and he credited it to him as righteousness He also said to him I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you uh, this land uh, To take possession of it now. I realize I read a lot of uh, scripture here, but it all has to do with the Abrahamic Covenant. Uh, There are several things that we want to understand about the Abrahamic Covenant. God made a promise to Abraham and those promises break into three different categories. The first one is God made personal promises to Abraham, personal promises. He made Abraham promises that would relate to Abraham specifically. He also made promises that fall into the category of national promises, speaking about the entire uh, Hebrew race, the entire nation of Israel. And then he also included in that covenant a universal promise. The three passages that we read Encompass those. I had to read those three because it encompasses all three aspects of the Abrahamic covenant the personal, the national, and the universal. Now let's look at the personal promises made to Abraham first. There are four specific promises God made to Abraham personally, and these are these promises first that his descendants would be numerous and we read if you recall we read a couple passages where God uh, told Abraham that the number of his offspring would be uh, as numerous as the stars in the sky or as the uh, or as dust for that matter that's the first personal promise he made to Abraham now remember Abraham initially could not have children. His wife was barren. Nonetheless, God promised him that his descendants would be numerous. Number two, the second personal promise he made is that he would receive from God much personal And material blessing and we know from the study of the Old Testament that indeed Abraham was blessed by God in terms of his personal life and his material life he was richly blessed by God the third promise personal promise that God made to Abraham is that he would make his name great and that certainly has become true for even we as Christians know and we see this in the New Testament we as Christians know that our spiritual father is Abraham. Those who are rightly related to God, who have been born again, who have trusted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, we are the children of Abraham spiritually. He is our spiritual father. Therefore, God has fulfilled that promise and he has indeed made his name great. And the fourth and final personal promise that God made to Abraham was that he would cause him God would cause Abraham to be a blessing to others. We're going to expand on all of these a little bit, but we know for a fact that that one has uh, been fulfilled as well because we know that we as the, as Gentiles have the ability now to accept the gospel of Jesus Christ because uh, the Messiah came through the lineage. Uh, of, of abraham let 's look at now the national promises, and this we want to focus a little bit on the national promises uh, because there 's a lot of controversy today about this particular uh, uh, aspect of the Abrahamic covenant. Two things I want to mention first of all, once again, God promised. And this is also a national promise. God promised that Israel, the nation Israel, and the offspring of Abraham would be very numerous. And to quote, he says, as numerous as the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore, Genesis 22, 17. Okay. The second one has to do with land. And the reason I want to spend a little bit of time in this, and we are going to spend a little bit of time in this, is because in the 21st century. Now it hasn't changed. This has been an issue from the time that the the, the, the the Jews were given the promised land up to this point. But there's a large controversy in the Middle East today and it has been there because of the Jews once again being back in Palestine and taking possession of that land. There are many people, there are many Christians who do not believe the Jews have the right to be where they are today in palestine in the land of canaan because they forfeited the right to that land they forfeited the, the title deed to that land by virtue of their rejection of the messiah that is a gross misinterpretation of what the bible says and this is an area in which we have agreed to disagree with some of these christians i don't question their faith but i do uh, disagree at this point with their interpretation of biblical prophecy Listen. God promised that he would give Israel the land Canaan and he says in Genesis chapter 17 verse 8 that this land will be their everlasting possession. Listen, there are several words that we want to look at very closely because they mean what they mean and we interpret Scripture plainly and we interpret it as we would interpret anything else. There are several passages in Scripture in which we're told that this land is their everlasting possession and that God has given them this land forever, okay? Now, the land, as delineated in the Abrahamic covenant, the land extends from the river of Egypt to uh, 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 in the west to the Euphrates River in the east. Now, if you know your geography, you understand that that the current land on which they're living certainly does not extend to the boundaries that God told Abraham originally in the Abrahamic covenant. We know that because many of the current nations in the Middle East are possessing that land. If you go to the Euphrates River, if you, if you, if you know your geography, the Euphrates River r- runs right down the middle of what? Iraq, Baghdad. According to the original boundaries that God gave Abraham, this uh, uh, land would extend all the way out to the Euphrates River um, and that is to the east and then uh, it would extend to the land of the Hittites in the north now this is in Genesis chapter 15 verses 18 through 21 Listen, regardless of any political arguments or disputes that have been going on and that are currently going on concerning the middle east we must understand this god created the universe this is his creation he owns everything uh, that has been created and he as the creator and owner has the right to do with his creation whatever he Pleases. We know, of course, he's not going to do anything that is inconsistent with who he is and with his nature. But he has the right to do whatever he desires with his creation. And the reason I highlight this is because God in Scripture clearly indicates to us through the Abrahamic covenant that God in his sovereignty decided that the land which he Uh, delineated in in Genesis chapter 15 is the land that he will give to the Jews as a permanent possession. They will own that land forever in spite of the fact that it is currently uh, inhabited by others other than the Jews. This land, according to scripture, is their land. Now, we can sit here and turn blue arguing as to whether... uh, THAT IS POLITICALLY CORRECT OR WHETHER IT'S JUST AND FAIR, WHATEVER, IT'S IRRELEVANT. IF GOD SAID, LISTEN TO ME, BECAUSE WE ARE NOBODY TO ARGUE WITH WHAT GOD SAYS. WE MIGHT THINK WE ARE, WE ARE NOT. IF GOD SAID, THIS LAND OF WHICH I GIVE YOU THE BOUNDARIES IS MY LAND I own it. I made it. This land I give to this specific group of people and I will give this land to them forever. Whether they're living in it or not, it is theirs. They hold the title deed. Okay. We can disagree as much as we want, but if God said it, that is the reality of it. That is the truth. At the end of the day, whether we agree or disagree, it does not matter. God said the title deed of the, uh, of, of, of the, of the promised land is held and will be always held by the nation of Israel. Listen. These national promises also give Israel a unique position as a barometer of how God will deal with the nations. If you remember the first passage that I read in Genesis chapter uh, 12, verses 1 through 3, it said clearly that God would deal with the nations according to the way those nations and peoples dealt with with the nation of Israel and the Jewish people. Listen, you best not forget that important little fact because when the tribulation period comes, there are two specific reasons why the tribulation takes place. We're not gonna get into them right now because we're gonna get into them when we get there. But one of them is that God will judge the nations of the earth and the people living in the nations when he comes. And listen, at least in part, The nations of the world will be judged by Christ according to how they dealt with the Jewish people. The Bible says, those who bless the Jews, those who bless Israel, I will bless. Those who curse the Jews and curse Israel, I will curse. Agree or disagree, again, irrelevant. If the Word of God says it, if God said it, that is exactly how it will happen. Okay, so it's very important that we understand uh, that the land is theirs and that how we deal with the Jews uh, will determine how God would judge us. And, And as a sidebar, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but as a sidebar, let me say this. We are a great nation. We have been blessed with great natural resources, with wealth. We have been blessed beyond measure we are not who we are because we are that good of a people much of the blessing that we have received as a nation we have received from god because of the position that we have taken in protecting and serving as a guardian for the nation of israel there's Listen, there is, there is the statement of God being fulfilled. We as a country are experiencing God's faithfulness in what He said thousands of years ago. We have been a blessing to Israel, therefore God has blessed this nation. Remember that. Now we go to the universal aspect of the Abrahamic covenant. Listen to, remember to, uh, what it said, that Abraham, through Abraham, Or Abraham would be a blessing to the nations of the world let me let me read you a passage uh, from from one prophecy expert he says through Abraham blessing would come to the entire world this was to be fulfilled in that Israel was to be a special channel of God's divine revelation the source of the prophets who would reveal God and would provide the human writers with scripture listen God promised that Abraham through Abraham the whole world would receive a blessing and that that blessing would come through his offspring. And you know, God was faithful in keeping that promise because that promise was fulfilled with the first coming of Jesus Christ. Do you realize that you and I as Christians... Let me put it this way. We are Christians today. We are born again. We are in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We are guaranteed a place in heaven. We are the children of God because God has blessed the Gentile world through Abraham's offspring. And that is the universal promise that God had made in the Abrahamic covenant, that through Abraham would come one who would bless the entire world. The gospel of Jesus Christ is available to anybody who would believe and trust in Jesus because of Abraham and the promise God made to Abraham and that through his offspring, uh, uh, the entire world would uh, be blessed. Uh, It is very important and write this down. You cannot miss this. God made a covenant with Abraham, which is the one we've been just looking at. The Abrahamic covenant, uh, 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 write this down, is unconditional and eternal. That is absolutely essential to understand because many today believe that Israel has forfeited its rights to any blessing from God because of the rejection of the Messiah. And they believe that the blessings that were promised to Abraham have been transferred to the church. We have taken the place of Israel. That is an incorrect interpretation of biblical prophecy. The promise that God made to Abraham is an unconditional and eternal promises. Uh, and, and that plays a big role in the way we interpret uh, uh, biblical prophecy. Let me read you a couple of quotes that are very important uh, in understanding uh, the whole issue of it being unconditional. Uh, First of all, this, uh, this gentleman says, It is important to observe the relation to this covenant program. Whether God would institute a covenant program with Abraham or not, depended upon Abraham's act of obedience in leaving the land, and that's it, when once this act was accomplished and abraham did obey god god instituted an irrevocable and unconditional program Uh, we're running out of time so on our next program we will pick up where we're leaving off right now we will finish the abrahamic covenant and then look at some of the other covenants uh as well imperative to understand these if we are going to properly understand and interpret scripture father we thank you for this time of study we thank you for the fact that you made unconditional promises to Abraham and that there's nothing he or his offspring, his descendants need to do in order for those covenants to be fulfilled. They rely entirely on your faithfulness for completion. We thank you that the gospel has come to us and that by faith we can trust Jesus and be saved. For it is in his name we pray, amen.